Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Kayla and I'm Kristen and this is Black True Crime. If this is your first time here at the show, friend, welcome and hello. Phone in. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We are really excited about being back and I can say we this time because Kristen's actually pretty excited today. At least she looks okay. Just because I have eye energy doesn't. I'm about to say at least you look at me. Right. I'm. I'm. I'm here. Play the. Play the role. Energy is here. Well, I'm excited and especially excited because I know what case we're doing today. And this was the first case that I ever did when I created the show. It was without Kristen and it was a two-parter. I was a drunk bitch. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I deserve, our listeners deserve to hear me do this the right way. And yeah. So if you're an OG, OG from the womb to the tomb, you'll know. And if you did, shout out to you. Period. So we're excited. We're just going to get right into it. Are you guys ready? Kristen, are you Let ready? Let's do it. Los Angeles in the 80s was an extremely dangerous place to be if you were a woman, specifically a black woman. Mm. Not only did you have to find a way to support yourself and your family at a time when unemployment was at an all-time high, but you had to worry about making it back home safely every day. Because there were multiple serial killers active at the time that specifically targeted black women. Golly. Mm -hmm. Some were caught quickly and others were able to murder for years, even decades. So join us as we discuss a murderer who was able to evade capture for almost 30 years. A man called the Grim Sleeper. Mm. Mm. And if you haven't heard of this case, you're in for a ride. Me. Kristen knows nothing. I actually just went on a TV show for an interview for this case. Did you really? I did when I went to LA. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. That this was the case. This was the case. So I said I had to bring it back. Period. This case takes place in the city of Los Angeles. And before we get into the particulars, I want to give you guys some background about the city and what it was like in the 60s, 70s, and the 80s. Because it's pertinent to the case. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be like our black history segment this week okay period because i sure don't have one you don't in the 60s a lot of black americans were relocating to la in an attempt to find some better jobs Mm -hmm. essentially better money there were a lot of factories opening up at the time and a lot of people were able to improve their lives significantly because of this okay but as we know america was still america kkk yeah and the police were still unfairly targeting people of color it's like we coming here to work. We're not coming here to play. Reminding our business. But you're still trying to target us anyway. Pressed okay. to death. In August 1965, rioting began in the Watts neighborhood of LA after rumors circulated that a cop had kicked a pregnant African American woman who was watching a DUI traffic stop. Oh no. So she wasn't being arrested. She was watching them arrest someone else and they 
kicked her. Like, she's a spectator, and they kicked her. Yeah, they've lost their minds. Absolutely. So for six days and six nights, the city was basically on fire. And the government deployed about 14,000 National Guard members to try to get things under control. Y'all can't get y'all citizens under control because of what chill cops did? Girl, the, the, the government was so scared of us. I just can't. But also, is this during the times where the BPP was active? 1960s? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, I understand. Because the Black Panther Party was nothing to play with back in the day. No, they'd scalp you and leave you for your family to find. No shade because there there's different ways that people wanted to handle things. Malcolm X said slap him till it hurts. Tote something. Uh, so you know King something. Said hug him so it hurts. So, <laughs> yeah. You know? Different <laughs> different strokes, different folks. Mm-hmm. As a result of what would be called the Watts riots, 34 people would be dead. And the community's distrust of the LAPD was essentially set in stone. Period. Yeah. As time went on, the thriving LA area started to take a turn for the worst. Factories started to close down, which caused a lot of people to become unemployed. With the rise of unemployment came the rise of poverty, which led to a huge increase in crime, drugs, and gang activity. Mm-hmm. One plus two equals three. Yep. The South Central area specifically got the brunt of it all. And at that point, only 50% of kids were graduating high school. Dang. And the worst hospitals in the city were in that part of town. So they were just set up for failure, it seems like. It's like they crumbled very, very, very fast. Yeah. No money, everything else crumbles. Yeah. No opportunity, at least, because that's what it was looking like. Mm -hmm. It was really turning into a situation of survival for a lot of people. We mentioned an increase in crime, and we know that there's all types of crime, but there was notably an increase in murders. Uh Uh-oh. And these murders seem to be affecting the black community the most, namely... The Grim Sleeper. Kristen, namely black women. Oh. (laughs) Stay with us. A lot of women were being killed violently with their bodies being disposed of or boldly left on the streets. Disgusting. Just foul. It had gotten so bad that police decided to create a task force that was specifically supposed to hunt down whomever was killing these women and put a stop to them. Okay. Thank you for that, at least. The least you could do is put some people together. Yeah, because now your streets are murdered with black women. Like, that's not cute for you or anyone else. Absolutely. A task force that was eventually named the Southside Slayer Task Force. Wow. But But their job wasn't going to be easy because although they initially thought they were just looking for one killer, they would soon find out they were looking for multiple. Kayla, please. Multiple. Was this like intentional? Was this a plan? Was Mm. this like copycats? What was going on? Why black women? Great question. So we're going to talk about the people that a little bit about the people that were killing these women at the time. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like they were disgusting men targeting women that they felt like were not cared for as much. So it took away the likelihood of them being caught for what they were doing. And there must have been a lot of black women out there for them to just be like, oh, that's the target. Clearly, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of these type of people. They don't look like they're getting a lot of intention. Let's Mm -hmm. target them for multiple serial killers to come at one demographic. I agree. And most of the serial killers that we're going to mention were black men. So you kind of like go for who you have the most access to. 
And at that time, white women weren't lollygagging around with black men as much. You know, it wasn't that comfortability yet. Not yet. You know, it wasn't a fetish, <laughs> as people like to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The snow bunnies were not out of their huts <laughs> yet. <laughs> Please. We're just playing. We <laughs> love us a good snow bunny. Because we love all people. I bitch. know. Shout saying. out to the Palestinians going through hell oh right now. God. Because what? Yeah. I know people are like, why haven't people said anything? Because I don't know enough to say anything. All I know, innocent people are being killed, and I fucking am against it. Right. While the sun is shining over here, right. and we're safe, people are dying. Being bombed. Yeah. So they figured this out because of the different MOs that were popping up, which is modus operandi if you haven't been listening to this fucking show mm. modus operandi, operandi basically means the way the killers murdered their victims mm. and the time frame in which they were happening for example if a murder happened over here it couldn't have been done by the same person because around the same time Another a murder, murder happened, happened on the other side of the city and there's no way so that's kind of what they were working with okay Although the police claimed that they were working on these cases on the back end they weren't communicating anything to the community of course not. Which pissed off an already angry community and made them even more sure that police didn't care about what happened to the people of color in the area. Yeah, because it's like y'all are out here because of us, yeah. because of our rioting, because that we're telling you something needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And then now you're not even going to communicate. I mean, it's your job. If you're a police officer and someone has lost their life due to a violent act, your job is to find out who committed that violent act against that person, period. But as something I will mention later, which I'm just going to mention now, there was an unsaid policy within the police department that was considered the NHI, which means non-human involved. So if there was like a black woman that was killed or Please. a black man, it was considered an you NHI. Lying. I'm so serious. And this is something that if you find somebody from that era, they probably will never admit it unless they're among their kinfolk. Okay, in the way of racism. Kayla, please. I'm serious. This was something that was such a thing that it was mentioned, and I was able to find it, and it was mentioned multiple times. Kayla, a non-human? A non-human involved. Sick. You, what can Sick. we say? Deplorable. You know, for those of us who are like, no, that was just... No, bitch. No, this is the 1960s, and they still have a word like this out? Yeah. Shit went deep. Come on, y'all. Mm -hmm. And as a result of the police's inaction, a woman named Margaret Prescott felt that it was up to the community to start protecting themselves. Period. And in 1985, she created an organization called the Black Coalition Fighting Back Serial Killers. Okay. And one of her main issues was that there was so much media attention surrounding Richard Ramirez. You know that guy. Mm -hmm. Crazy looking fool. Mm -hmm. And his victims, who happened to be root of the caucus and affluent women and yet when it came to these women of color it was crickets no words for that no words but are we surprised because no. we still deal with that bullshit today yeah shout out to shankwala yeah shout out to tiara mm -hmm. i think that's her name tiara taylor the one that went on that trip with her friends and on a on a boat or something like that and she died and they were trying to lie to police and say Oh, she never got on the boat. Mm -hmm. When there were multiple witnesses that said she did get on the boat. Mm -hmm. There's just so many instances. They also believe that because most of the victims were presumed sex workers and drug users, that added to police's nonchalant attitude. You know it did. 
your mother's a drug user you just don't know <laughs> it's like oh you making money on these streets and you not getting taxed you ain't shit drug use is not specific to a demographic or no, race absolutely have not. you watched intervention they have like 25 seasons and maybe they have 20 episodes of people of color like everyone saying, else is caucasian on that have you watched trailer park boys That'll tell you what you need to know as well. That's my show. <laughs> Shout out to Trailer Park Boys. Shout out to Trailer Park Boys. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> and allegedly, and this is disgusting, everyone, trigger warning, because you may throw the nearest object you have to you. When the captain of the forest was confronted with the fact that 11 or 12 women had been killed, he replied, quote, why are you so concerned? He's only killing hookers. You know, the captain of the forest. Yes. But you be out there spending every dime you, you can get on a on good, a good pretty hooker. D- right. Right. Yeah. Not 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 nothing you can get at home. No. It's exotic for you. <laughs> so this is what you're gonna say out your mouth. But this is what I'm saying. Like people don't care about p- things they don't care about. No. And a lot of people feel like if you're not contributing to society, then you ain't shit. Right. And there's so many racist people, believe it or not, that love football, right? associate the nfl with america mm-hmm. love a good man that can throw the ball that's or black it. right mm-hmm. but if you see him on the street you're spitting in his face mm-hmm. because you're still racist at the end of the day and so it's like that. it's like how back in slavery when they used to put the biggest john or whatever they used to call them against each other and have them fight to the death it's entertaining you care about them to an extent but if you care if it comes to sharing the same room with them or the same water fountain with them you're ready to go ape shit and this is the type of talk this this type of oh you only mean something to me because you give me something that's what we got to cut out as a human race yep we got to cut that shit out i agree you matter because you matter because you're alive and you're not a crap individual yeah and i'm talking about the lowest of the lows like the person we're about to talk about today absolutely kristen you already know. Okay, now don't get me wrong. The task force did have some luck identifying and arresting some of the people responsible for the murders in the area. Okay. For example, a man named Louis Crane, who raped and murdered at least four women in the South Los Angeles area. To hell with you, Louis. Bye. Ivan Hill, who was dubbed the 60 Freeway Killer and killed at least nine people. And there were more. There was like a, a white man who pretended to be a black man when he was committing his murders. It was a lot. Are we doing blackface? No, not blackface. I, I, don't, I don't know if he was in blackface. Great question. But maybe I can cover him because he's imitating a black man. So let me know if you guys are cool with that. Oh, my God. I would totally want to hear that case. You're open to that. Don't let me drink before it. <laughs> and then including a man named Chester Turner. Mm. Who, Kristen, you don't know. I covered on the show a long time ago when it was just me. Okay. he. I think it was like episode five and six. Period. He was found to be responsible for the murder of 13 women between 1987 and 1980, 1998. Wow. I was eventually given the nickname of the Southside Slayer. Mm, triple S. Mm-hmm. You Double. dirty dog. And if you want to hear that two-part episode, you can listen on Patreon. It's available at any tier. But we may do like a case revamp just like we're doing this one. Okay. We've Depending. done it before. Mm-hmm. And since Chris hasn't heard it, it would be great for her to hear again. Fair or game. Heard it for the first time. 
So, yeah, the task force made some headway before it was disbanded. Mm -hmm. There was still murders happening, but they didn't have any new information coming in and couldn't or didn't want to dedicate all that manpower to it. Mm -hmm. Because it costs money to, like, have 10, 12, 15 people researching one thing. Yeah, and they already they already caught a couple, so they're like, okay, this should die down the amount of people being killed in this department. Let's move on, or at least calm the public. The public to think we give a shit. You see, Mm -hmm. we did something. Mm -hmm. You don't give enough of a shit. And among the victims that were found to be connected to some of the men we named, police found a pattern among another group of victims in the area. Mm -mm. These women were being shot and killed with a twenty-five caliber gun. And then their bodies were found in alleys and near dumpsters in the South Central area. Wow. Yep. And they gave the nickname of the 25 caliber killer to the man responsible. 25 caliber killer. Correct. Because he was shooting them with a 25 25 caliber. caliber. Yes. So now we're going to talk about the woman that lost their lives to this 25 caliber killer. Honestly, I feel like we should start naming them something that's way more like crappy. You know, like. Shit bag. Dumpster trash. (laughs) Dumpster fire. The 25 titty sucker. You know, just something. Obviously not that crass, but. But That's so crazy, bitch, because this man that we're going to talk about, he used to like to suck the titties. Like, they got some DNA off of some of the victim's titties because that's what he liked. I didn't even know that. Girl. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't be glorifying people that are killing whole bunches of people. Like, if we're going to give them a nickname, it needs to be a really crappy nickname where they're like, oh, I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't. And reach out and be like, how dare you disrespect yeah. me? Yeah. And then we catch them. Yeah. I agree. So here we go with the really, really terribleness, sadness. The first murder victim was found on August 10th, 1985. She had been shot three times in the chest and her body was pretty badly decomposed when it was found. So it would later be determined by a medical examiner that the victim was 29-year-old Deborah Jackson. Deborah. She'd gone missing after taking the bus to see a friend, but no one had heard from her for three days, including her 12-year-old son. Oh, my gosh. And her and her son were really close. Mom's not coming home. Exactly. What is going on? The scary thing. Rest in peace to Deborah. Rest in peace, Deborah. One year later, 34-year-old Henrietta Wright was found in an alley wrapped in two blankets with a mattress placed over her. Henrietta. Yeah. And like she, you know, they assume that she was on the streets. We don't necessarily know. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, she was one of the people that was on drugs. Right. But either way, being addicted to drugs doesn't say, hey, kill kill me." me if you feel like it. I don't understand what the fuck. I mean, it sucks because these are the people that are most accessible to disgusting human beings that can just walk out on the street. They're going to attack people that are out on the street. Yeah. Most vulnerable to men that are just like, hey, pulling up, I'll give you some drugs if you come in the car with me and then they're never seen again. Yeah. It sucks. They know exactly how to get folks. But we're not saying Henrietta was one of those because we don't know. Also, girl, your braids phenom (laughs) they're cute whatever rest in peace rest in peace henrietta in 1987 a man called 911 and reported seeing someone driving a blue and white van unload the dead body of 23 year old barbara ware no yes he even got the full license plate of the van the person that called good 
I have the audio from that call and I'll play a clip for you. I got the clip from a documentary called The Grim Sleeper, Mind of a Monster. Oh my God, play it. Mm-hmm. No, Barbara. I like to play safe Yes, I like to put a, a murder or a dead body or something. Where at? The address is 1346 East 56th Street in the alley. You know, he like, he threw her out. The only thing is hanging out of this, like he threw a gas tank on top of her and uh, and the only thing you can see out is her feet. Okay, what's your name? Huh? What's your name? Oh, I don't stand the <laughs> I know too many people. Okay then, bye bye. I'm saying the number. I know too many people. Okay, bye <laughs> bye. Like he was like, look, can I just help you without giving my whole entire government? Thank you. Gotta go. Like, yeah. that's one thing about us. Don't know. Like, don't insert me into nothing. Like, I just saw what I saw. You need to know this information. I didn't do it, so I can't help you. Because y'all folks like to put people's name in the news and on the media. I don't need everybody knowing what the fuck I saw. Absolutely not. Which is a fair thought to have. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case here. Uh-oh. So we're going to get to it. Now, this was the closest police had gotten so far to figuring out who was behind these killings. So when they arrived to the scene, they searched the area and found the van less than two miles away from the crime. And it was parked at a church parking lot. So if you're on Patreon right now, you see the van. We see the van. We see the van. I mean, it ain't even tinted. (laughs) No. (laughs) The hood of the van was still warm, so police went inside and questioned everyone there. But no one seemed to know what was going on, and they cleared them of being involved. How do you clear them of being involved? Did they say, I don't I know had nothing what's to going do with on. it? No clue. We've all been here. We're all each other's alibi. Maybe. Maybe. I guess. I would have said, bring out your keys. <laughs> Whichever one <laughs> I can the chirp, keys chirp. to the van. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We searching everybody up in here. They did take the van, and they processed it and found no blood evidence or signs of a struggle inside. Wow. Mm-hmm. So they didn't, what do you do with that? Right. You don't have anything to go off of. He's not killing there. Yeah. He's being very, very meticulous about not leaving evidence in the van. Right. But she? it wouldn't be until 2002 17 years fucking later that police realized that the van had a ladder position on the back of it. So let's take a look at it again. You see that ladder. Mm-hmm. It blocked the view of the license plate. So the only way that the 911 caller could have seen it is if he was up close and personal on that thing. And this led them to believe that, okay, the caller had to be the real killer. You mean to tell me that you found that out 12 years later? Yeah. Looking at the picture, wait a minute, how did he see this from saying he was this far away when you can't, from this picture, I can't even see it. I would have to zoom in on it. Granted, my vision is close to cataract worthy. Well, to- totally horrible. I got my glasses on, so that's fair. But still. Yeah. Kayla. Yeah. Okay, this is why if you're going to do a job, you have to be good at it, okay? People don't, you can't just come into a job and say, oh, I want to get paid for that, but I'm actually not really good at it. Some jobs take skill. Yeah. And somebody looked at that and said, wait a minute, things aren't adding up here. When me and Kristen did shout out to What Do You Mean, the game that they have for Murder Mystery, we have talked to you guys about it on the show before. It's amazing. Shout out to them. Such a freaking good game. So fun. Me and Kristen were able to say, wait a minute. Wait a dog on a minute. And figure some things out that were like supposed to stump you. Mm-hmm. So why couldn't professionals that have been trained to do this 
do this because they're oversaturated with work they started to not give a damn it happens to a lot of old people that stay in a business way too long no shade profession yeah you're right also escape rooms are freaking awesome that was dope we We just went went. it was amazing y'all for those detective hatters yeah you should totally try an escape room absolutely hey friend are you trying to get fit me, I need to. I gained 40 pounds while I was pregnant. No shade. <laughs> Not telling you the amount I weigh, but it's a lot. And I needed some help getting back right. And this is the perfect time for our new sponsor, Copilot, to hit us up. Copilot isn't just an app, okay? It's a transformative impact on your exercise journey. You get your own personal trainer with this app. They call you, they say, hey, what are your goals? And I'm gonna help you get there. They help keep you accountable to doing your workouts as often as you're supposed to. I do mine every other day and they're pretty intense because that's how I like it. Y'all, I literally did a workout with her yesterday. <laughs> I almost buckled to my knees the next morning. We are in pain. It's completely personalized to what you need, what you want, and I highly recommend it. Beyond highly recommend it, actually. I'm obsessed with it. So if you want 14 days free, head to go.mycopilot.com slash black true crime and get your 14 day free trial, friend. You literally get your own personal trainer. People pay hundreds of dollars for that a month. That's a fact. So yeah, start feeling fit and amazing and start your journey. Again, go.mycopilot.com slash black true crime to start your free 14 day trial with your own personal trainer. Okay, back to the show. Back to the show. Now we're back to the sad stuff. Mm. 26-year-old Bernita Sparks' body was found in an alley covered with trash on April 15th, 1987. She'd been shot, strangled, and beaten. All of that? Yeah. Really? I know. Just overkill. 26-year-old Mary Lowe was headed to a party, but unfortunately never returned. And her body was also found in an alley on October 31st, 1987. Like, okay, hold on a minute. Mm -hmm. These aren't, it's not giving, oh, these are just girls on the street. Like, this is giving like, oh, I was hanging out with my girlfriends and we're going to a party. So, yeah, some of these women were not sex workers, were not street walkers or drug users looking for a good time or some easy money. Some of them were just doing their doggone thing and accepted a ride from someone that they didn't find threatening at all. And back then in that time, it was probably acceptable to accept a ride yeah. from someone that you didn't think was threatening. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know when hitchhiking died. That Maybe part. in the nineties, but it's definitely probably still a thing. Rest in peace, y'all. I have hitchhiked and I was born in 1995. Kayla, I did. I did. I hitchhiked while I was in college and I got in the car with a man that I thought was literally going to chop my head off and put it in a freezer. So I got out of the car with him as soon as possible. I said, oh, "Oh, this is, yeah, I swear to God. I hitchhiked. Really? Yeah, but the man was handicapped. So I knew he couldn't get me. Wait a minute, bitch. My nigga was handicapped. In a white car? I don't remember the car. He gave me his car information and everything. He was a businessman. He was handicapped. That's interesting. Uh, I made him show me if he had. This was at college. This was at college. This was we went to the same college, y'all. This is when I was trying out that cutlery Cutco place, and I was trying to get a bus back home. I I couldn't figure out the bus, so I was walking with heels on, and he pulled around and was like, "I can literally take you home. I don't have no guns on me, and I'm handicapped." And he showed me his weak legs. Kristen, I swear to you, right now, this guy picked me up when I was leaving a hair appointment in Tampa, and I missed the bus on the way back, and I was walking. And he literally picked me up and was like, I'll take you back to campus. 
Was he handicapped? Yes. He was black? Yes. Bald? Yes. Kayla? <laughs> hold on. That is so good. Hold like, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I told him to uh, drop me off. Not in my dorm room. I told him to drop me off next to the Sun Dome. Bitch, it's Sun Dome. Way I across from, the way. Yeah, way across the way. I didn't want him to know where we where I lived at. God is so good. He dropped me off in the front of 42 North Beach. <laughs> right outside our apartment. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's actually crazy. Y'all, please don't be idiots like, like us. <laughs> I know a lot of older people listen to us. So, y'all, y'all are probably looking at us like, oh, y'all just, y'all young things. Stop, stop, girl. Stop. God is good. Yes, the Lord is good. His blood and protection is real. Woo. Oh, yeah. All right. Back Sorry. to this debauchery and heartbreaking horribleness. 22-year-old Lucresa oh, Jefferson. Lucretia was found in 1988, but unlike the other women, her body had a napkin over her face with the word AIDS written on it. Don't do that. Why? Don't do that. Disgusting. Try to play her. I also think it may have been like a attempt of the killer to throw investigators off his scent. And make him think that, make the investigator think that he's probably Caucasian. Oh, okay. Well, because a lot of Caucasian people back there thought that black people were giving people's AIDS. That is true. But this is 1988. I don't know what the vibe was, but it's possible. I'm telling you. It's possible. They told us this in college. It's possible. 18-year-old Alicia Alexander was found in an alley in 1988. And at this point, that's seven women. All killed with the same kind of gun. All shown to have suffered from sexual assault before their deaths. All found within the same city limits. And all killed within a three-year time span. It's disgusting. Yeah. And then there was a man named Thomas Steele who was 36 and he was found dead on August 14th, 1986. Mm-hmm. And authorities think that that was attached to this killer as well. How so? I don't know. I don't know the details about that person's death, but mm-hmm. when I looked up this case, mm-hmm. it was always attached to this man. They just never were able to charge him for it. Okay. Maybe somebody like saw him, caught him, Possibly. tried to tell him to stop. Possibly. And what were the police doing, you may ask? All these women have lost their lives, and who's twiddling their thumbs and going home safely to their wives every day? Oh, the police! But before they go home to their wives, they're stopping off to get a new nice chocolate thing on the street and pay her a couple dollars for a couple strange things. But then you don't care about them when they're gone, you know? And we're not saying that all these women were on the street. I think we right. verify to the to the Some best extent yeah. that we can mm-hmm. that all these women may not have been street walkers. Right. But y'all don't give a damn either way. But they're vulnerable. And they're young. And they're young. How is he finding such young women consistently? I mean, in the area when this is your neighborhood, right? They're like in their neighborhood living their lives. So they're not just walking random streets mm-hmm. or so far away from mm-hmm. home. Their families lived around here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it makes me think that he lived around here too. To be that comfortable. It has to be. Did you know that the temperature that you sleep at at night, friend, has the biggest impact on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hard or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Maid's bed sheets. Kayla, you can tell us how have they been working out for you in Taurus? Girl, they've been working out fantastic. I'm a hot-blooded bitch, mm-hmm. okay? And honestly, it's helped cool me off because my hormones are changing right now. Ooh. Yeah, as I, like, you know, get out of my pregnancy body and all that type of stuff things are changing so i'm a hot trick 
That's a fact. And it's been helping me manage it. So if you guys have issues with like just staying cool or not too hot at night, I highly suggest trying Miracle Made. It even helps fight acne and like allergies and stuffy noses and stuff like that. Because if you're not cleaning your sheets as often as you're supposed to, those type of things get built up. We need to get some for the baby. I'm definitely going to get some for my baby. So if you guys want to try it out, use our code trymiracle.com slash crime and you'll save over 40%. And as you use crime at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Dang. That's three free towels, an extra 20%. In addition to the over 40%. In addition. In addition. So yeah, again, trymiracle.com slash crime and use our code crime. To save your money and sleep better. Period. Treat your sleep. All right, back to the episode. So the police were dragging their damn asses. They were sharing next to no information with the public, which is what we talked about, and even worse, with the families of the victims. Some of the families had to find out that their daughter had died through the media and even worse details about what happened to them. Kayla, okay. I'm setting shit on fire. You think the riots are bad? I'm finding out where you live. I'm doing law-abiding citizen on your ass. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to make sure I know people. My network is thick. So yeah. if I got to make a run for it, I'll make a run for it. Yeah. But I'm doing some damage before <laughs> I go. run for it. You're going to have to come get me. You're going to have to come get me. And that's so true because these women didn't deserve this. I don't give a fuck what you assumed about them or what condition they were even in. Doesn't give you the right to take their life. And if you don't care now, you will care later. I'm going to make you feel this. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Barbara Ware's family didn't even know about the 911 call until a whistleblower reporter released the information in the early 2000s. My God. And she was killed, what, in 1986? Just disgraceful. Oh, my God. The LAPD did, however, do a few things right, and that was collect rape kits from Barbara Ware, Bernita Sparks, and Mary Lowe's bodies. And although DNA testing was still not giving yet, these kits will become extremely important almost 20 years later. Woo! Mm -hmm. And yes, I say 20 years later because the killer was not only able to avoid being caught, but he was able to stop killing for almost 14 years before he started doing it again. I don't know what to say. My heart is like dropping. With my hands. My heart's like <laughs> dropping down into my stomach. Yeah. Like he was able to just stop for 14 years, Kayla. That's and what they decide. Hmm, I want to try this again. I have the itch. That's what they assume. And I'm going to kind of get to why he may have stopped for such a long time. But for me, it's like this person, if he's able to even stop doing what he's doing because at first it's looking like a compulsion right it's kind of looked like i have to do this Mm -hmm. it's an itch that i have to scratch scratch but going 14 years without doing it it seems like this man has all types of self-control which is even worse because he can stop himself from from acting on these urges but chooses not to because it's genuinely something he wants to do my god he probably had a whole family during that 14 years raised a couple kids oh he ended oh we're gonna get to it But before all of that, (laughs) an LAPD cop named Ricky Ross was pulled over in 1988 on suspicions of drunk driving. When a woman believed to be a sex worker was with him in the car and claimed that she feared for his life and that Ricky had a gun in the car. Mm. Police ended up finding an old rusty nine nine millimeter Mm -hmm. in his trunk and arrested him on the spot. Okay. 
So for some reason, they felt that Ricky had to be responsible for the 25 caliber murders. How? It's not 25 caliber. It's nine millimeter. <laughs> so they ended up charging with him with it. And this not is a all cop of them, out. but at least a few. Okay. But this is a cop out. It I feel like. Seems lazy to me. Yes. Eventually, because of the lack of evidence, Ricky was released from police custody. Despite his release, investigators always thought they had the right man. Y'all got to make it make sense because somebody can have a hunch all day. But if you can't express it, explain it, show it, convey it, it don't mean nothing. Yeah. I can understand like not being able to have somebody because you don't have the evidence, but you know he's the killer. Mm -hmm. But because y'all don't communicate, I can't even have your back on this one. Nope. Can't have your back. But a woman named Anitria Washington did not agree. Okay. And with good reason, because Anitria was a survivor of the real 25 caliber killer. And according to her, the two men looked nothing alike. Period. So the same year, 1988, Anitria was walking to a friend's house because the two of them planned to go to a party. Kristen, you have read my notes or something. I didn't. This is crazy. (laughs) When Anitria noticed an orange Pinto with racing stripes on it. So it was a nice car. So he think he cool. He think he's slick. He 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 has songs. He know where the parties are at. That attracted my girl Anitria. Uh-huh. The man driving it noticed her looking and approached her, asking if he could drive her to wherever she was going. And she said no at first because she was like, it's just on the street. I don't need no help. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And according to her, the man said something really nasty to her. Mm-hmm. He said something like, quote, that's what's wrong with you black women. Nobody can ever be nice to ya. Oh my God, Kayla. I would spit in his face. If he said that, I would be like, I'm going to show you why you can't be nice to black women, bitch. Please don't tell me she got in the car with him after he said something like that. She said she felt like his feelings were hurt and to make him feel better, she accepted the ride. But you see, women, we don't owe, we don't owe nobody nothing to make them feel better. I be doing that. I can't stand it. (laughs) You don't owe anybody to make them feel better. They are grown individuals. They can make themselves feel better or feel worse. It's up to them. Exactly. And then to pawn it off on okay one black woman hurt me or even a few to think that all women are like that that's just sad that's lazy that's showing you know manipulation and the lack of maturity facts like because your mama hurt me hurt you and your first girlfriend exactly now everybody that looks like them has to suffer exactly it's corny it's it's the lowest of the low and anybody who claims to say oh all white women or all black women or all white men or all black we gotta stop that gotta stuff stop y'all that because shit, bro. it's mad limiting yeah and your blessing could be on the other side of the very shit that you say yes your so. best the best friend you've ever experienced could be on the other side of that limitation that you've set so period open your hearts keep your hearts open i know it's hard As because hell. you see so much fucked up shit going on but it doesn't mean that you have to write off everyone Correct. Try your best. Because if it weren't for allies of black people, we wouldn't be able to have as many freedoms as we are today. If it wasn't for white people that thought, hey, this is fucked up and unfair and I want to combat it Mm -hmm. and I want to be on their side. Shout out to the Quakers. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's going to mess and be like, Quakers weren't what you thought. Well, from what I know, they were abolitionists. Okay. They they were abolitionists. Shout out to the abolitionists. Yeah. 
<laughs> shout out to the folks that aren't Palestinian that support Palestinians. Shout mm-hmm. out to the Israelites who have been misunderstood because their government is trash, yes. but they're not. And they didn't have a choice in what the fuck was going on. A lot of things could be not as though they seem. Exactly. Gray is where it's at because black and white ain't right. Period. Who put that? Did you make that up? Yeah, just now. Wow. This is my spirit. It needs to be a shirt. <laughs> so Anitria said, like I said, she felt hurt or she felt like his feelings were hurt. So she accepted the ride. Oh, baby girl. Things were cool at first, but he ended up making a detour to his uncle's house to pick up some money. This is what he said. So mm. she went along with it. She's like, okay, maybe, maybe he'll give me some. I'm just kidding. No, she didn't think that. <laughs> but she went along with it. But when he got back in the car with her, she said his whole mood changed. Uh-huh. You don't know this man. And all of a sudden, he started accusing her of disrespecting him. He started calling her Brenda. Some random treat. He's unhinged. Yes. And all this crazy shit. So she was like, I'm ready to go. I'm about to get the fuck out of the car. And at first she was like, uh, I know a Brenda from around the way, like in the area. So maybe he's talking about her. But I'm like, but if you he ain't it. He, he's not up here. Right. He knew you wasn't he Brenda when wasn't you got Brenda. in the car. Yeah, I'm getting out. I'm getting out of the car. <laughs> but before she could really do anything, she said that's when he shot her point blank in the chest. Oh, my God. In a car. So, you know, he's close as hell. Oh, my gosh. She tried to get out of the car, but he said if she did, he'd shoot her again. He kept her in the car, riding around for what seemed like hours. And throughout that time, Anitria was fading in and out of consciousness. Kayla, she's losing blood. Yes, she is. One time she woke up to him taking pictures of her. So she said she saw like flashes. And then she would later learn that that was him taking pictures of her. And another time she woke up to him on top of her, which she would later learn was him raping her. My God, Kayla, I'm weak. I can't. And surviving through this, you know, imagine the trauma associated with this for the rest of your fucking life. He doesn't give a damn that there's blood everywhere. (sighs) He doesn't care. No. He's riding around with her knowing that she's going to die. He's slowly losing his mind. He's choosing to play with her when he wants to. But the thing is, part of me feels like he has control of his action. Even though he was going crazy and calling her Brenda and all this type of stuff, which I can understand that, it seems like when he's doing these killings, that's when everything comes into focus for him. That's when he's able to have the most control over his thoughts and his actions and and everything. It could be. Which is the scariest shit I've ever heard. It could be a very clear psychosis. Like like you said, like he's the most clear he's ever been, but it's in that state of inhumanity of dissociation of debauchery of sheer violence of nuttiness he's a nut wow my god how did she survive that well eventually she was able to get her door open and roll out of the car and she said she put he like pushed her out at the same time because i guess he just assumed she was dead Mm -hmm. or at least would be soon anyway Mm -hmm. but she managed to get up off the ground and make her make her way to her friend's house where she was going anyway and waited on her front porch until her friend got back home my god so her friend gets home she's fucking screaming to the top of her lungs and she's like you know her friend's screaming and she's like i need a hospital calls the ambulance by the time anitria gets to the hospital they said she had lost an incredible amount of blood and the doctor said she was lucky to even be alive because a bullet was inches away from her heart and it had like 
I guess her ribs and her sternum kind of cushioned what was going on Mm -hmm. and, and allowed it not to hit the the critical parts of her heart. I'm sweating like a heifer in church. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah, this, this is, is sick. Mm-hmm. Anitra, you are my. It just be making me think like, how do people survive the things they survive? Sometimes it's the willpower. Sometimes it's sh- sheer divine intervention. You know, but in her case, I feel like it was both because for her to even be able to get up and say, I'm not going to die here, not today. Girl, you almost made me shout. <laughs> Your feet are going, bitch. Girl, I'm about to go like Aunt Paula was and t- Uncle Tim's funeral. <laughs> I'm about to get up, chat. <laughs> Amazing. Shout out to you, Anitria. She's still kicking to this day. Anitria, you better go ahead, girl. Mm-hmm. Can't nobody tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you've survived really, really, really crappy things. Yep. An interview with her will be featured in the show that I did an interview for. So when that comes out, I'll let y'all know. We have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, shout out to Kayla being an interviewer. Oh, okay, all right, all right. When Anitria spoke to police, she gave them a description of the vehicle and of the man that shot her. You better say that and say it twice. So when she saw Ricky Ross, remember him? That ain't him. She said, no. Emphatically, she said, y'all got the wrong guy. Her attacker was bald and short. Short, bald, fat, and uncomfortable. <laughs> what did Medea say? Uh, Boo boo, fat, ugly, ugly black, and uncomfortable. That's exactly what what this nigga was. No shade. Mm-hmm. All the shade, mm-hmm. actually. And then Ricky had hair and was over six feet tall. She that ain't how. But it would take for her attacker to kill again for police to finally believe that Ricky wasn't responsible. And by that time, they figured it out. Ricky was dead. So they're like, well, it's physically impossible for him to be responsible. I'm sorry, but y'all are idiots. Straight y'all were Donkey hat. There's a lot of boo-boo-to-fool people in different professions, but one of them is specifically the police. Like, it makes me feel like one plus two doesn't equal three for everyone. No, and it's like, if somebody's telling you she went through it, if she can actually draw something for you, why wouldn't you believe her? At least take it into consideration. Don't put all your manpower on one dude. Y'all don't even have body evidence linking him to the girls. So how do you think he's it? They don't have, exactly, they don't have that yet. They're not able to test it yet. Exactly. And something that rubbed me even more the wrong way, I think I heard in another documentary, because there was two documentaries that I read about this case. Mm-hmm. I heard in another documentary that Anitria even took the cops to the neighborhood where she thought the man lived. Because I think she may have seen him before. Maybe he stopped by. He said he had to stop his uncle's house or stop to get some money from his uncle. So maybe it was his house. Mm -hmm. And she tried to take him in the area to where they stopped. Come to find out the house that she pointed out was two houses down from the real killer. Two doors down from the real killer. But it took another person to die. Not just one more. A couple more people would have to, a couple more women would have to lose their lives before they were able to get this man. Me and you were in high school by the time they caught this man. I am fuming. Yeah. And I need a break. You're ready to knock all this shit over. Let's take a break. 
And this is going to be a two-parter case. So, we haven't done this. Please stay tuned for the next part, which is probably available right after this one. So go ahead and just listen to it. We love you guys so much. We're going to do our usual spiel. If you guys love the show at all, even a little bit, please give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It really helps the show grow. And as always, before we go, be be safe. Protect Protect your peace and protect protect your space so we don't have to cover your case. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can stream all of our episodes on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It's the best way to help the show grow, and it's completely free. For bonus content, you can find us on Patreon. And for more information about the show, you can visit BlackTrueCrime.com. See you next time.